Hey guys, happy Friday. It's Mari Juliet here. And now that we're in the middle of the year, I want to talk about manifestation versus actual day-to-day operations that get you closer to your goal. Because I do think it needs to be well-rounded in order for manifestation to be successful. At least it has been for me in the past. So let's get into some techniques that I use for manifestation and also how I mix that into everyday life. When it comes to manifestation, I've found that the most effective methods are the ones that come a little bit more naturally to you than others. There's a lot of different ways to manifest, but a lot of times when I see videos that are like, oh, you need to get a thing of water out, you need to do this, you need to do that, like all these crazy steps, sometimes it's just it's just not reasonable for many people. So the way that I manifest the most effectively is to keep things really simple. And the thing that works the most for me is visualization. And the way that I visualize is, and I've been doing this since I was a little kid, like the way that I would fall asleep, which I think a lot of people do naturally, is they just imagine really ideal situations. They, you know, you're kind of like making your own dream before you go to bed of what you know what you want your life to look like who you wanted to date at the time um what you want your house to look like in the future just like all different things then it can be completely different for different people sometimes there's going to be phases in your life where you're manifesting a lot of things that are more materialistic or more money centered um you know if you're just starting out in a job or a new career and you really need to focus on obviously living day to day and paying your bills Um, but sometimes that will evolve depending on what you're going through at the time. And that's why manifestation, I always say, like, I don't just manifest January 1st. I manifest all throughout the year and I'm constantly checking back in with my goals to make sure that I'm self-aware and that I know, am I still working towards that goal? Should we shift things a little bit? Is that really still what I want? Because another thing is you could write something down the beginning of the year And by now we're in August, you could say, I don't really want that thing. (laughs) Like maybe you're really close to it or you're on the track of it and you're like, I don't really think this is for me. Maybe I need to shift gears and there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think a lot of times I get in that headspace of, oh, well, I wrote it down, so I have to achieve it. I have to get it done. I have to mark it off my list to keep that promise to myself, which is important, you know, for the majority of the things that you're trying to work towards but if something doesn't feel right and you are going after it and you are like kind of getting closer and closer to that goal but you're like this is not what I expected it's okay to shift gears it's your life it's not you don't need to be shackled by your own dreams and goals if you realize down the road that it's not what you thought it was or maybe not what you still want in your life. The reason why I think visualization works so well is because it gives you focus. So it doesn't mean that you're just visualizing something and that it appears, but it does make you look out for those things more and be more open to opportunities that are going to get you closer to what you're visualizing. Um, It can help you be focused, like I said, and just sometimes like the worst thing to feel, and I experience this time to time, is just not knowing what you want and not being solid in 
what your direction is. And that's when I know I need to go back to my journal or I need to go back and make a vision board or I need to do something that solidifies what I'm working towards. So then every day, that's what's in your head. It's not, oh my God, I have to call 10 people today. Like you're working towards a goal, you're working towards a result. And you can do that on a smaller scale. It's kind of like when you go, when I go to a showing, I'm not going into it saying, hmm, let me clock in this hour that I'm, that's going to take me to show this house. And like, hopefully it goes well. Like, no, I'm going into it. I'm listening to the right music leading up to it. I'm prepared. I want to be overly prepared for anything that they ask me. Um, I want to be ready and not feel insecure if they ask me something that I don't know. That's where a lot of the confidence comes from is your preparation and your knowledge. Um, And then when I'm there, I want to make the best use of that time. So what am I going to do? I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I go into a showing and the listing agent is sitting there on their phone, literally sitting, not even walking around showing the house, not saying anything, just saying, go ahead. And, you know, that's just, just after a showing, you want to feel like you've exhausted every option that was possible or every opportunity that was in front of you to sell that property. Point out the positives, point out why, you know, it's better than the house two doors down that's for sale for 50 grand less. Um, You know, tell them what the seller has put into the property because at face value, somebody might think, oh, they didn't really do anything to this house when in reality, the seller did X, Y, and Z. That's why being prepared, you're not going to do all of that preparation and not utilize it once you're where where you're going to go. Like once you're at a showing... I'm not going to not tell them the knowledge that I have about the property because I did the work beforehand. Um, But that in conjunction, like the preparation and the results driven just day to day, everything kind of getting used to being results driven where everything's, what am I accomplishing out of this time that I'm putting in? Because when you start to value your time and you really see it in that way of, That's the one thing. We can't buy more time. We can't wish more time into existence. We can't have more hours in the day of somebody else. You know, use your time wisely. And it's a very real thing. Like you can get very caught up in giving yourself time to do things that you're giving yourself too much time. Like an example would be getting your real estate license. If you go and take the exam, the class exam, then you're like, I really need to, you know, give myself time. I'm going to give myself two months before I take the state exam, you know, just to, you're kicking yourself in the foot. You're over analyzing it. The more you focus on the details and like all the information that you need to consume and all that stuff, it can make it so overwhelming that you never even progress. It's better to progress and figure it out as you go. I'm always going to use a real estate analogy because a lot of the people listening to this are, are realtors or, um, you know, want to know more about real estate or more about business practices. But, you know, it really is true. Like you have to make the best use of your time when you're working in a field that's commission only. And that's, you know, it's what you put in is what you get out. And that's a lot of businesses right now. A lot of people are freelancing. A lot of people are uh, starting their own businesses and that should be at the forefront of your mind. Like, 
what is the best use of my time and that visualization and then actually writing down the key points of that visualization and focusing on those simple goals. I keep it to three things at a time. Don't overdo it. Don't overanalyze it and just go forward. You're going to learn so much in practice of what you're doing that the books and the this and the that and the listening to this motivational speaker and all that stuff is great to keep you going, but you don't need to do all of that stuff prior to taking action. When we talk about manifestation, visualization, vision boards, all of those things, a lot of people will look at that and say, oh, that's a woo-woo thing or, you know, making a vision board is just like a craft. It's not going to do anything. I used to think, I remember when I made my first vision board and I was, I felt so guilty that I wasn't using that time to work. And I was like, this is going to take me like two hours to make, to get the supplies and do it. And is this even, does this even make sense? But at the end of the day, it is logical that that would help you achieve things faster. Because when you look at it logically, no one looks at a to-do list and says, oh, that's woo-woo, like that's, you know, whatever. But a to-do list is the same kind of thing as a vision board. It's just in a different format. So when you look at a to-do list and you're checking the things off, go to the grocery store, do this, do that. It's just on a bigger scale of what is the ultimate goal that I'm trying to achieve when I put together all these days of doing X, Y, and Z. Um, So when you can see it, you know, visually, it just paints a picture for you to focus, you know, look at the big picture when you're doing your goals. And it makes your life not so mundane, you know, like when you're doing your day-to-day tasks, me drinking my coffee in the morning is like such a treat for me or like whatever I'm drinking, like a juice throughout the day, you know, the simple things in life become a lot more nice and like almost like a treat for you when your goal is a little bit bigger and and you can visualize, okay, well, I'm working towards this. So all these little things throughout the day, even if my schedule is the same every day, even if I'm doing tasks that are kind of admin tasks or things that you don't necessarily love doing, you're working towards that bigger, bigger purpose. And that's still going to be in your subconscious. And it's much easier to keep that in your subconscious when you have printed it out or you've cut it out of a magazine or you you can look and see it every day in your office. I let people see my vision boards. Like I, you know, I want to give myself the best opportunity to achieve what I'm looking to achieve and putting that out into the universe, speaking it out into the universe and holding yourself accountable. It is logical. It does make sense that that would work. So use these tools to your advantage. Don't shoot yourself in the foot by thinking, oh, I don't think that's going to work for me. But what if it does? Like, like, what if it really gets you to where you're going so much faster? Even we had a team day um, a couple of weeks ago. I set up a photo shoot for all the agents at my brokerage. Um, and my friend and I had been, you know, talking about doing a collection together. She owns her own boutique and we went to Miami Swim Week together and she's like, let's do a collection of real estate clothes. Now that's something that 
I've been wanting to do for so long, like either have my own line or, um, you know, start linking my outfits. Like it's just something that I've always wanted to do, but it's time consuming, obviously. And when you're doing real estate full time, it's like, that's your main focus. But, um, it kind of worked out and I had actually put on my vision board, like that, that was something that I wanted to do. And then when she brought it to my attention, it's like, okay, that is the opportunity that I was looking for. And that's like, kind of, you know, that focus that I had that whole time. Okay, now somebody's in my life that we can do it together and collaborate and have a collection together. And it doesn't have to be all on my own. And that's like an amazing thing. So um, that and the photo shoot, like that was all on my vision board. I even presented a vision board to um, these teens that wanted to learn more about business development and I did a speech for them and we did our vision boards together, but I showed them mine and like now like, you know, a good amount of the items on the list are checked off. I know some of them are going to be further down the line and some of them are just being more Zen day to day, being less stressed out, making sure I'm going to my therapy every week, like things like that that have nothing to do with finances, that have nothing to do with, you know, the rat race or trying to to be super competitive, some of it will be just like peace of mind. Like how do I remind myself to have peace of mind when things are stressful and how do I center myself and what are the tools that I'm going to use to make my business sustainable because I'm taking care of myself as well. So I want to talk a little bit more kind of just like freely about listening to a lot of self-help content and a lot of motivational content and I know that that sounds kind of off because a lot of my content is very like motivational we're talking about you know how to achieve your goals all that stuff but at the end of the day the actions that you take outside of what you're consuming are that's what is going to catapult you into what you want it's it is so easy in this society and like I get sucked into it too and it's very hard to resist it but the amount of content that's out there at such a high speed where you're like oh I got this tip oh I have this tip and you feel like you're learning so much and you're working towards your goals and you're you're you know improving yourself and that's great and it really is great to focus on those things of course but if you're only consuming that content that's hyper-motivational and very much like you need to push yourself and on to the next step and onward and upward and all this stuff, but then you are so paralyzed by like the details of what you have to get done or just paralyzed by being addicted to consuming the information that you don't ever take those steps, over time it will make you feel worse about yourself because you're like, oh my God, I'm not put, I haven't achieved anything. And when you're listening to that content, you can feel as though you are achieving something by just simply listening to it. When in reality, it does take your own side efforts and like you focusing on your own life and not just listening to your favorite creator constantly and thinking that that's going to change your life. Those people are in that position only because they took action and they're not sitting on their phones watching the content all day. 
They took the action. They had the confidence to take the action. But the confidence only comes with action. So it's like kind of a chicken before the egg thing. That's why when they say fake it till you make it, I 100% utilized that in the beginning of my career. Like I faked my confidence so much and I was so insecure talking to people, talking to doctors. I didn't know like what to say. I was so nervous about it and I felt just like an awkward person. The only way I've gotten to where I am now is just by putting myself like really through it, like putting myself through situations where I have to talk to people and I have to sound smart and people are going to think that I, I'm going to sound like an idiot. So like I better get my shit together. The only way to do that also is to gain the knowledge that you need and prepare, take the actions by preparing and preparing for anything that you're going into so much that there's no way that you're not going to show that knowledge and impress people and impress yourself. Um, But the point is, you know, it can definitely, definitely be deceiving to consume so much of that type of content. You think that you're on the right track and you really haven't even taken any, any steps towards your actual goals. That's why listening to that in conjunction with um, you know, writing down everything, writing down your goals in conjunction with consuming things that are not even work related. Like I, my <laughs> biggest thing that I will probably never let go of, and I used to feel guilty about it, but now I do not care at all because it turns my brain off. Um, I work so much and I just naturally think about work a lot. So when I get home at the end of the day and like the baby's in bed, it's like 930, whatever, I'm watching trash TV. Like I don't want to learn anymore <laughs> for that day. I don't want to learn. A, I don't want to watch a real estate show. I want to watch like The Real Housewives or Love Island or something that just turns my brain off. Like and sometimes that changes. Sometimes I want to listen to audiobooks, whatever. That's more so in the morning time, like when I'm doing my morning routine, I'm always listening to that kind of stuff. But there is a point in the day where I just say, you're off now. Like, and it, that's the only thing that really gets my mind off of work and all the things that I have to get done. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And don't feel guilty because it's not what you read in a business book or whatever that every single hour of your life needs to be spent dedicated to your craft constantly without sleep. I mean, some of the like things that they teach you, it's like, oh, four hours of sleep a night is enough. I would be, there is no way, there's actually no way I would achieve anything that I have achieved thus far uh, with no sleep. Like no sleep, the times where I haven't had sleep, the worst times for my business the worst times in my personal life, the worst times in just like my own mental health. Like you have to make sure that what you're doing is sustainable. Of course, you can go a couple days like without as much sleep, but it is going to affect you negatively in your business. I was actually watching something, an interview with Elon Musk, and he was saying that he gets like six, seven hours of sleep a night and 
the person was surprised, but he's like, I wouldn't be as productive if I didn't. And that is a hundred percent. Like, I think people probably can tolerate less sleep. It just depends on the person. But for me, I'm always going to prioritize my mental health, my sleep. You know, I'm not babying myself by sleeping. Okay. (laughs) Like, let's get that out of our heads. You're not babying yourself by working out and taking a walk and taking your calls on a walk instead of inside sitting at your computer you don't have like we sometimes forget I think how lucky we are in this day and age where we can work from really anywhere for a lot of jobs and we can kind of have control over that but even you know people listening to this that you know maybe you work remotely and you do have a boss but Working remotely is just something that was completely out of the question not that long ago. So I think taking those advantages and saying, hey, what can, like, how can my quality of life improve based on this change? I'm allowed to go take a walk while I do this, that, and the other thing, or I do my task, or I can schedule it around my life. Like, that is a blessing. And I think. Um, focusing on that and making the day-to-day work for you and what works for your mental health, what works for your priorities, which are not going to be the same as every single person you're listening to, okay? Like, keep in mind, especially if you're, I mean, I think most of the people that listen to this podcast, I think it's like 90% are women. You know, I have to tell myself too sometimes, like, you have a child, you are eight months pregnant, Like, why do you feel like you need to conquer the world immediately and every single day? Like, you know, there's other things that take precedence, which is your family and your kids. And that's not going to be the same for maybe a man in the same position. And that just is what it is. Like, there's really nothing we can do about that, that aspect of it. So... Giving yourself some grace in that and just understanding like our lives are long and um, I'm speaking to myself right now and I'm saying this and I'm actually just quoting what my mom just told me (laughs) on the phone. She's like, your life is so long. Like, why are you acting like everything needs to be done by tomorrow? And it's very easy in this culture of social media and everything's like, you know, the next big thing could be tomorrow and you have to be so consistent on everything that you're doing at all times, it doesn't give you the ability to like turn off the clock and just like live your life, you know? So just take things with a grain of salt when you're consuming that kind of uh, content, even my own content, you know, like you need to make things work for your life or else you will burn yourself out You'll be disappointed in yourself because you didn't achieve what the next person achieved that you were listening to. You have different lives. You have different circumstances. So take that into consideration and just move forward with what you're doing. The best thing I ever feel is when I just check something off the list and I'm like, let me just do a menial task that gets me a little bit closer to that goal yeah, it's going to suck leading up to it. But doing the task, it's like it's easy. Just get it done. Then it's off of your back and you can move forward. I want to end this episode with a quick Q&A. So I asked you guys on Instagram a few, like 
if you could ask me questions. And these were some of the top ones. So one of them was, what was the turning point in your career when you decided you wanted a brokerage? So I had been working on my own for the last, like, or for four and a half years. And I grew my business from, mostly from, like, door knocking on foot. Um, I was super consistent with that. And then also just reaching out to my sphere. I, I've just, like, I was just, anybody I met, I was like, I need to sell you a house. And I just had a lot of, a huge sense of urgency to get everything done very, like, on point and at 120% for my clients. And I still have that same mentality. Um, and just proving myself to them um, as a millennial and as somebody that they kind of viewed as, like, a newbie. Um, but anyway, the reason why... I opened my own brokerage is because it grew so quickly. Um, Like, you know, in the beginning, I wouldn't say it was like I had a million clients all of a sudden, but um, over the last, over like four and a half years, I really grew from zero clients to like thousands. So I, you know, I knew I needed to hire people under me. I've had agents working under me since I was in the business for like two years, um, just wanting to learn from me and working kind of in an assistant role. Um, But the brokerage was going to provide me the ability to really have my own branding, like, completely, and be able to choose what colors I wanted. (laughs) And, like, obviously, my office is bright pink, so it's, you know, I have all of the signs are bright pink. I, even the brokerages that I was interviewing with, we're all very like luxury, you know, high-end brokerages. Like honestly, any brokerage is the same. Like there's there's no like, oh, one's luxury and one like it's I mean, I'm sure there's more like luxury listings sold at certain brokerages, but at the end of the day, people don't really care who you work for. And I'm well aware of that. And I tell the agents that like people don't care who your broker is most of the time. Um, It's more so who you are as an agent. So the whole um, message that was being sent to me was that everybody, that they were going to have everything like really sleek and really, um, you know, no photos of agents. It's really just like trying to look as high end as possible. Whereas I've just always had more like kind of cheesy, corny, like quirky marketing And that's just more true to who I am as a person. I'm just like a goofy person and I don't take myself that seriously. So with my marketing, I just find that that's way more true to me and organic. And that's why with the agents at my brokerage, like I want them to have their own social media um, style and I don't want them to put everything into like a little template that is just the same for every single agent because it's really the creativity and like, you know, being yourself is what's going to attract people in real estate and like, because it is a relationship building business. Um, But I really wanted to instill that. And then obviously, like, honestly, the clients are my top priority at all times. That's just how my brain works. I've always worked in like either sales or like a service industry. So my mind is just always, what can I do for the client? Um, And you know, other brokerages are different. They're more 
agent focused and then the clients will come or the agents will get their own clients. But I've built such a big clientele and wanted to keep my name, you know, keep a good reputation with being on point and being like that 120% agent that is the most knowledgeable in the area and like really knows what they're doing. So my, I guess, mission with the brokerage has always been, I know that people come to me from social media and, uh, you know, in conjunction with the other marketing that I've done, but a lot of people see my videos and they're quirky, weird videos. Like I'm well aware that I look like an idiot, like (laughs) a lot of the time. And I think people don't think I'm aware of that, but anyway, like when people make fun of me, like I like I do not care at all. Like I think it's hilarious. So, um, but the point is, I could see where someone would see a video like that and think a certain way. Like, oh, maybe they just it's just TikTok and like they don't know what they're talking about. But I want every agent at my brokerage to be surprising people and like same thing with myself when I got off the phone with a client they're always like wow I'm surprised at like how knowledgeable you are how professional you are and like you know for just and I'm calling you from TikTok so like it's that's always what I want to project and like really never over promise and under deliver always really just have that like solid old school business mentality um of just great care for the customers and then mixing that with my own marketing so that's really what I've done with the brokerage thus far. Um, that is not easy, guys. Like, like you, you know, you can put out into the into the ether that you want everything to go as you plan, and like you have your mission statement, you have all of that, but shit hits the fan every day of the week for me. <laughs> like, like there's always just something going on with with the brokerage or like with deals happening and I still work with my own clients. So it's juggling a lot of hats. And of course, like the first year in business, that's to be expected. But I definitely just being real, I have never managed people before. (laughs) So it's been a learning curve for me to not just rely on my own efforts to get things done. Um, I find that, you know, in order to grow, you do have to rely on other people and you learn that it does help you in the long run. But in the short term, when you're first trying to like give up control and let people help you and, and, you know, diversify the business, it's, it's just, it is a learning curve and it's kind of like a mind fuck for the lack of a better word, um, because a lot of things are out of your control and you can kind of can try to micromanage and control everything. But at the end of the day, you can't force people to be the way you want them to be. You can't, I can teach an agent like the best training ever and I can teach them every single step of the deal and I can really hold their hand. But if they're not like passionate and in it and hard worker, like there's just elements to a real estate agent that some people have and some people don't. You sink or you swim in this business. And I've said that to agents before and they'll get offended that I'm saying you either make it or you don't, but that's the reality. 90% of people don't even make it past their first year. So you have to kind of get real with people and be like, either you're putting in the effort or you're not. And um, balancing that with 
with working with clients is it's a lot, but I think, you know, thus far, like the agents that do work for me are very successful and I'm like proud of like them representing me. So it's, it's come a long way, but in the opening the brokerage, the, the idea of it versus what it actually is, is like two different things. And I did want to communicate on this podcast. I'm kind of go, just going on a rant on this podcast, to be honest. But um, I just want to communicate like how much, I mean, we know that social media is not real. Like it's not, you know, even video content, which is much more authentic, I think, than like photos. But it's a very small snippet of somebody's day. I think that really gets misconstrued. Like people will think that that's literally what your life is and like what you're doing all day, even though it's only maybe a minute and a half long video. So the point is there's so much that goes behind the scenes with building a business, with growing something, with um, parenting in the middle of it and just the shit that hits the fan for every single person. And that, like, when I started my real estate boot camp, I was like, I I have a whole section just on mindset because I wanted other agents to understand, like, you're going to go through a lot of shit and people, it's not the shit that people post on social media. It's not the under contract post and the, oh my God, this is so amazing. Look at my outfit. It's like, there's so much shit behind the scenes that no one's ever going to post about Um, that you just want to be aware of and aware that it's not just you experiencing it and that it's not just because you're newer or it's not because, you know, this or that. Like, it does not discriminate whether you've been in the industry for 20 years or two. Shit hits the fan constantly in this business and in a lot of businesses. So to go into it thinking that it's going to be so carefree and easy can actually be a detriment. So that's why I'm always trying to, like, bring this stuff back down to reality because I mean an example would be um I was looking at old pictures from when I was pregnant with Landon and I had some collab that I was doing and I was probably like eight months pregnant like as pregnant as I am now and I had this cute outfit on I remember they used the picture for like all these different ads because the skirt looked really cute whatever I remember right after that picture was taken I like ran to a showing and I was driving and I like blacked out from being so dehydrated because I had hyperemesis with that pregnancy too. And I was just hiding it. Like I was just really good at hiding how I was actually feeling. I would throw up like on the way to showings all the time in my car, like have to go get IVs, stuff like that. But I never like let on that that's what was going on behind the scenes because I didn't want it to affect my business and make people think that I was like weak or couldn't handle more business. And at the end of the day, it's like I just look back and I'm like, wow, like that was like, I can't believe that's what was happening behind the scenes. Like, and that's how I felt in real life versus what was portrayed. So it's just important to understand that. And not everybody's going to show their emotions on social media. I don't think it's somebody's fault if they don't want to cry on Instagram. Like, there's a difference between being real and, like, feeling like you have to expose every single part of yourself when you don't. Some people are just more private than others. So 
take that with a grain of salt. Like everybody knows this, it's a highlight reel, but don't be hard on yourself if you see somebody really succeeding online because it might not be what you think it is and they go through struggles too and it can make you feel more normal in your own situation. Okay, so I'm gonna wrap up this episode. The next episode is going to be more real estate focus, more about investing and different investing strategies. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'm gonna talk about you know not only Airbnb, but a lot of different investment strategies that you can use to maximize your return on investment in a way that works for you. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'm also gonna be featuring guests soon on my podcast. So definitely stay tuned because I'm going to be interviewing CEOs of different businesses locally and nationally that I, you know, think that you'd love to hear from and hear about the confidence that it took for them to get to where they are now and what goes on behind the scenes for them. Um, Because I've definitely heard, heard their stories and seen them behind the scenes. It's the same shit show that I go through. So I want to take you guys along for that ride and to show you what it's really like to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner, and so that you can feel like it's something that you can achieve too. Um, Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And yeah, bye.